What's good, everybody? We're back with another week of The Spectators. I'm Michael Alimo. I'm here with Julian Osius. What's popping? So, we're about a week removed from the Super Bowl, and I got a question for you. What's up? You miss football? A little bit. A little bit? You miss football? Well, just so happens, we had some football this weekend. Huh. Where? Where? All around the country. Okay. Four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. The XFL, with its return, it looked good. Look good. We're gonna go over everything for you. Um, pretty good football. Well, what do you uh, think of it? First looks at it. Um, the league, the league looks fun. The league looks fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the the level of play isn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Um, that was the thing I was going in scared of the most. I was scared that the things that make football football weren't going to be happening, and to to an extent that was true, but not to a level where it was making it not feel right. Which is a safe way to go into it. Because brand new league, you got all new teams, people never played with each other, new rules, a little bit of the same. You're still playing football, but a few different uh, rules, which we went over last week in our uh, Super Bowl recap and XFL preview, went over all the rules. So go check that out. So to start it out, every week the winner... Of all the games, get a hundred thousand dollars straight to the bank, hundred stacks for all the winners. So we're gonna jump right into it. With the first game of the weekend, we had the Seattle Dragons against the DC Defenders, which I thought was an odd game to be starting off the XFL with. Why? Um, two cities that are not like the most populated in the world. Yeah. Uh, probably two of the lesser cities, you know, they're fine cities, but two of the lesser cities probably in the league as a whole, especially when you have like New York and Dallas involved. Yeah. Um, so I just thought it was kind of odd, especially because they're not particularly close to each other either. So yeah, this across was, the country. <laughs> it, it's not like it's a rivalry between cities or anything either. It was kind of just like a, hey, you guys are playing. Yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of odd. It was a pretty good game though. Yeah. Cardo Jones. Lee in the pack for... Uh, 12 gauge is back. Yeah, 12 gauge, baby. Lee in the pack for the defenders. They look good. To start out, I mean, everybody's going to look shaky to start out. Brand mm-hmm. new league. It's going to be hard for anybody to get 50 guys to just come and get everything down packed. I think they only had about 40 practices. I mean, 40 sounds like a lot, but for football, that's that's nothing. You're, yeah. you're looking at about a month of practice. It's tough. So... They started out looking shaky, but Cardell Jones was making plays with his feet. Mo- that was the thing that I noticed the most. He was Cardell Jones, quarterback number twelve for the DC Defenders. He was making a lot of plays with his feet. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was staying on his feet when pressure was getting to him, and he took a few sacks. That's kind of part of it. Looking like a big Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he he was. Um, <laughs> that that's a that's a stretch. A broke <laughs> big that, that, Pat that, Mahomes. That's a stretch. But he he did look good. He, he stayed in his feet, made some plays with his feet, and that's not particularly what he was known for. He's known for that big arm. Yeah, which he so, showed off a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, he, he made plays happen, and that's what you got to do at at the next level. You have to just keep plays alive and kind of make them go until the, uh, the other team doesn't know what's happening anymore. Yeah. And he was able to do that, and that's kind of why they were able to, to outlast the Dragons here uh, eventually – 
him staying up kind of just really started to hurt. Yeah, in the first half, Cardell was pretty much the driving factor for the defenders. Like, their run game, it wasn't really there. Now, on the other hand, the Dragons' run game looks good. They look like they're going to yeah. be a ground-and-pound offense. Yeah, they, they look like a team that's going to run the ball, and that's what they're here to do is to run mm-hmm. the ball down your Gritty. throat. And as it turns out, they also have a pretty decent-looking quarterback. Yes. Uh, Silver, he looked he looked pretty serviceable at at the least, and he made some really good throws that I was kind of excited to they, see. They look like a versatile uh, team. They yeah. can get it done from anywhere, and that's uh, going to be big. Yeah, they just made a lot of errors, especially in the first half. They they had like two or three turnovers. Um, that you're it's hard to win a football game on the yeah. road when you're turning it over. Penalties killed them in the second yeah, half. Yeah, just dumb mistakes that. They could have prevented, or ultimately the reason they lost this t- this game. I do think they're maybe the better team, and I do think they're better than their zero and one record. Yeah. Um, defenders are all right. I think they're going to wind up being a middle of the road team. Um, yeah, because how much can they really ride off a of Cardell? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. They have great DBs. Cardell's pretty good, and that's really all that I was impressed with watching them play. Yeah. But their DBs were pretty darn good. And, you know, DBs can get you pretty far, but pass rush is where it's going to be at. Absolutely. As we've seen in the NFL. Um, quick ratings on everything about them. Dragons, logo, uniforms. What you think? Dragons logo, on the decal on the helmet looks it's, sick. It's pretty the cool. The fact that it's just from the bottom to the top, yeah, just fitting the whole thing. Then you got the fire breathing out. It's sick. pretty cool. The DC's uh, logo is pretty cool, too. You got the little lightning making the X. I think it looks cool. I don't get it, but I think it looks cool. And they're all red was nice. I yeah. did like that. Um, it was kind of cool that they gave everybody like little shields yeah. in the crowd. I'll give... The crowd was electric. Yeah. They were loud. Shout the out. Fans were going nuts. Because the defenders could probably beat the Redskins right now. So <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they were, they were excited for that. Some good DC football. <laughs> They're they're on the way to the same win total as the Redskins too. Yeah, just year. move out the Redskins. Yeah, give the defenders. So one out of five. What are you giving? Uniform, logo package. Um, Dragons. I'll give them about a four. Defenders. Oh. I'll give them a three. I think I'm there with that. Four and a three. I'll say yeah. four and a half and a three. I, I'll go two and a half for the defenders because I don't. I, I don't. I'd go two and a half. I don't quite understand the logo. It doesn't look bad, but it, and their name sucks. I mean, it's the worst it's, name. It's in fine. Sport. It's the worst. It, it's name the in worst in the no. It's the worst in, the in league. sports. Eh, it's whatever. Like it's, it's nothing crazy, but DC Defenders whatever. game two. Well, first, no, no, no. Defenders uh, win that game, thirty-one nineteen. You can't skip over that. You no, gotta give people fact, what they yeah. want. Defenders, Defenders one and zero. Dragons zero and one. Yeah. Um, so, so shout out for the the bad name team to to win. Yeah. So next one, Houston Roughnecks. And the Los Angeles Wildcats visiting. What'd you think of this one? Um, the Wildcats were they they felt like a filler team. Yeah. Watching this, they just kind of felt like a team that was kind of just out there to make the the Roughnecks look good, and they did that pretty well. The Roughnecks looked really good. Their run game didn't look too good, but Kanoff for the Wildcats, he looked amazing to start the game. I think they he only had like maybe four incompletions. Like, he looked so good. Like, he was dicing them up. Now, also on the other side with Houston, 
P.J. Walker, he was getting it done for them. I think he had three touchdowns in the first half. He, yeah, and when you have a good quarterback in a league like this where you're kind of praying that your quarterback is decent, because you really don't know. Yeah, you have lot, no idea what you're A lot of get. these guys haven't played at a high, high level in a long time. And so you're, you're, or like at a level where the rules are the same, or, you know, some guys have played arena football, some guys have played Canadian football, but they're not like similar. They're similar, but they're different. And about like 85% of the league, all the players have been on like practice squads. Yeah. Maybe get some NFL playing time. Coaches got a lot of pedigree in the NFL too. There's some Super Bowl champions, a lot of long tenured coaches, what, 15, 20 years of experience. So, it's pretty good. Yeah. Ta- talent's there. It's just the chemistry needs to build. Yeah, um, but when you get a guy like P.J. Walker, who I I didn't know too much about coming into no. today, and he, he showed a lot. He, he looked really good. He looked poised. He was making good throws when he needed to. And I think the big thing in this league is going to be who can actually get the ball in the end zone because when you don't have that much time to gel with a team, I mean, there's 10 weeks, there's 10 games to the season, and they didn't have too much beforehand. You're going to have to, you know, catch on a roll and do it pretty quickly. And so the sooner that you can find the end zone a bunch, the better off you're going to be. And the ref, the Roughnecks did it, and they did it often. Yeah. And mostly because of Walker. And P.J. Walker looks like his Houston counterpart, Deshaun Watson. They both play the same. Yeah. Can make plays with their feet, sling it downfield, smart, makes nice reads. Pretty good. Uh, defense looked pretty good for the Roughnecks also. Wildcats were, again, they're they're shaky. <laughs> I don't really know what to think of them. I want to see them play like the defenders, and I can kind of get a better understanding of what they are. But yeah, I, I don't know. Wildcats, though, I like everything else. I, they're gonna get a three from me on the uniform side. Um, yeah, I could agree with that. The Roughnecks, uh, I could put them about three and a half. Yeah, three, three and a half. I'll go three and a half Roughnecks. Three Wildcats. Roughnecks, I like. It's a pretty original name, and it's pretty fitting for Houston, I feel like. I don't I, I don't know. And they're using the Oilers logo. That's pretty, pretty cool. I love the, the logo. There. I love the so logo. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, Wildcats' name isn't particularly I like their unique. logo. The, the logo, their cool. the logo the reminds good. me of the soccer team, LAFC. It looks okay. very similar to that, and that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, yeah, three, three and a half. Roughnecks win this game, 37-17, pretty handily. Yeah. The Wildcats had some fight in the first, and they kind of died out. So. Yeah, P.J. Walker ends up with four touchdowns, a pick, almost 300 yards, 272. Knopf, like we said, he was looking good first half for the Wildcats, but just bad mistakes, bad penalties. He was getting sloppy late. Speaking of bad, <laughs> Tampa Bay Vipers. And the uh, the New York Guardians. Oh, man. So, if you heard the episode where we were talking XFL, I mentioned where I was going to be a Vipers fan. There was an audible last minute. And I can attest to this. We got the timestamp. Yeah, this is before kickoff, before the, the, the season or the league ever started. There was an audible. I'm now going to be a Dra- Dragons fan. Yes. Where And I, and I kind of regretted it. Not seeing them lose, but just kind of as it was happening. I'm like, man. Maybe I should have just stayed with the hometown team. No, um, no, no. I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy about my decision to switch. Ugh. It was bad. It was bad, and and the reason it was so bad 
is because it felt like watching a team that you've tried to like for so long, but they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. And, you know, bad coaching will do that. And here we are week one into the XFL, and we have the worst coach in the league very evident as to who it is. Like, they were driving. They were making plays. They were putting up the yards. But once they got anywhere from, like, 25 yards from the end zone, it just looked sloppy. Yeah. Aaron Murray looked like a little puppy out there. Doo-doo. Not Not a Georgia Bulldog. No, a little puppy. Yeah, not good. Not even a plant panther. (laughs) Oh, at oh, all, oh, <laughs> we're no. going back to the roots. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> he was looking just bad. Yeah, and I wanted them to be good, and yep. they, and I feel Absolutely. like they still have the they they still have the recipe there. They have some talented guys at the skills positions, and they have a good front seven, or at least what seemed to be a good front seven. Mm-hmm. You know, they were stopping to run kind of when it needed to and yeah the guardians run game wasn't really there but it does show signs of being a very dominant uh, running team but mac mcgloin matt mcgloin had a great game yes he played he, really he had good. a great game uh you might have heard that name before he was an nfl play for the raiders career backup he played for the raiders he was one in six as a starter for the raiders yeah he had some games i mean it's not like the raiders were any good when he was there yeah. either but he was a career backup, and he was a pretty decent career backup, exactly what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And he played I'm, confident. I'm happy that he's found another job, yep. and he's played like he was an NFL player, like he just had some poise mm-hmm. and never you know, got rattled. It, it's not like he was out here making huge plays or anything. He did have a couple nice plays. Yeah. Now, second half he did simmer a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean that's fine. But they were looking good. Now the Vipers. I got to tell you something. Stop. What are you doing with Quentin Flowers? That kid, you take out Aaron Murray after just... After re- he stinks up the joint. Just stinky. You let Quentin Flowers come in, but being a quarterback, you won't let him throw the ball. I counted maybe about 12 to like 17 just inside handoffs, a little reverse, design QB run, little option. They let this man pass the ball one time. That was it. And then they kept on bringing uh, Aaron Murray back in. Doesn't do nothing. The first time they did it, they take Quinnen out. They bring Murray back in. Fumbles right after. Immediately. Brings him right back in. So, Mark Trussman, really questionable just the whole way through. And if you watch the Bears when he was the coach (laughs) of the Bears... You'll know that Mark Trestman <laughs> is a questionable man in general. Yeah, man. Was... And him having a job in sports is questionable. And here yeah. he is. Here he's back. He's back. He's back and he's ruining more lives. <laughs> Not actually. This is this is fun, but now the Vipers had about two hundred more yards than the Guardians. And they lost by twenty. They lost by twenty. That's Ooh. tough. That's so tough. That's very I mean that's just it's kind of what I said talking about the roughnecks. This league is going to be about who can put the ball in the end zone, especially with the no extra points where you have to put it in for a one, two, or three-point conversion. And just getting to that point is going to be so big because, again, there's not much you know, prior history with any of these players. Yeah. They're all kind of a, a hodgepodge group that will eventually grow together. Yeah, they're all mesh. But by the time they grow together, it's either going to be too late because they're already 0-3 and, and there's a 10-game season. <laughs> yeah. Or it's going to be, 
you know, starting to click and starting to click. And then it's going to be a team that kind of managed to stay afloat and is now surging. And so you you want to be the latter of those two, obviously. Absolutely. And, you know, the you just got to find the end zone. And Guardians did it. A lot of most of it was because of their defense. Yeah. But that's kind of a good sign early, too, that your defense is able to pick up some slack. Had a little scoop and score there. Exactly. From their tight end fumbling. Twice. Fuck the one God. got called uh, back in reverse, but... Yeah, two times. Just a lot of mistakes. That That's the driving factor with and I the think, Vipers. A I do think we're going to see that a lot in the XFL. Which is, a, is fine. Is a lot of mistakes, which I think is cool in the fact that it could add the element of like... You know how you have those... The situations in your head, well, man, well, if we fumble, if we force a fumble here and then we get an onside kick, that type of thing, mm-hmm. then maybe we have a chance. Yeah. It kind of has like that th- sort of feel where it's very possible for the impossible to happen. Yeah, especially with kickoffs. The and way- the extra points where you can yeah. get three. If you're down 18, it's a two-score game. Yeah, you can get a nine-point touchdown. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> that. that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I do sick. like it. So. Again, getting it into the end zone, I don't know if the Vipers are going to be able to piece that together. I think they need to integrate Flowers more. They, I, I think Murray they, is. I think they need scared. to figure out who they want. I don't. It, yeah, they were going back and forth way too much. Need, they they weren't like sticking with. If their you choice. don't have a man making decisions, then nobody's going to trust the decisions mm-hmm. you make. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're being indecisive as the lead guy. Yeah. So. Guardians end up winning 23-3. Well, we'll see what happens next week with the Vipers. So, what are we feeling? For me, I'm feeling Vipers, uh, a 2 out of 5 on the uniforms, logo, all that. I'm right there with you. Uh, the name is great. The colors are meh. The, the jerseys are meh. Yeah, it's, mm. it's nothing too crazy. It's, like It's there. Yeah. Like, they're, they're probably the worst uniforms in the league. But Not the worst logo, but, but the they're worst. still cool. Yeah. They're, they're still a cool concept. I do like the logo because you got the V with the little fangs. Yeah, that that's probably my favorite thing, and the name's cool. I do give you the two on that also. The Guardians, I give them probably like a three and a half. Four. I think, I think I'm gonna agree. I love the all blacks i think that was oh, so cool i think that was really cool especially with like the silver kind of chromish with the guardian yeah. on the helmet and I, and I actually like the logo a lot too yeah the only reason i'm not giving this like a four or five is because the name is terrible you don't like it i think the name is really bad it, it's right there with the fenders where it, well at least this one has a little more like you're the guardians of like the gridiron yeah even with that I, i'm not a particularly big fan of like defensive names okay um, that's just me. And then when your name is the defenders, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all right. Um, it definitely holds me back from putting it as the best or up. It's one of the best, definitely the logo and the uniforms, but yeah, this is important too. Cause if you don't have a good team that you like, yeah, we're here for you. <laughs> you know, it, uniforms, they matter. They matter. I do. So, and now for the last game of the weekend, game number four, this was probably the best game. Yeah. In terms of like competitiveness, yeah, not in terms of entertainment value. Yeah, this was a one score game. Yeah, so we have the Battle Hawks and the Renegades, the St. Louis Battle Hawks and the Dallas Renegades. The Dallas Renegades. We're playing this in 
the Globe uh, Life Park. Yeah, the, the, the Rangers, old home of the Texas the old, Rangers. The old Ranger Stadium. Yes. Which they didn't tear down, so shout out. I'm. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that too. It's cool. Um, we had a we had a road win. The, yeah, the, the first, first one of the day. First ever road World win World in the XFL. Uh, Battlehawks beat the Renegades fifteen to nine, and you got to see some pretty explosive players on the Battlehawks, and they couldn't figure out a way to like get the ball in the end zone. Which again, I'm not going to keep beating a dead horse here, but yeah. they couldn't figure out a way in early, and they did at the end of the game when it mattered. Um, Matt Jones had a couple of nice runs. He didn't fumble it like he no. did in the NFL. He so. almost had 100 yards. Yeah, so he had a good game. Uh, quarterback had a phenomenal game. Yeah. Uh, Tanmu. Tamu. Tamu. He was. Um, he looked really good. He was yeah. staying on his feet, and he wasn't just staying on his feet. He was deciding very quickly whether or not he should stay in the pocket. And very decisive. And throw it out. or Yeah, he was just making decisions and making plays they were it. usually yeah. the right decision mm-hmm. making plays keeping plays alive and you know at the end of the game he threw a dart for a touchdown they yep. didn't get they didn't get the conversion but they put him up 12-9 they were losing actually at that point too and i don't know it never felt like the renegades had anything going at all they're air they were an air raid team without a quarterback to run the air raid offense and their starting quarterback was on the bench because i think during practice he hurt his knee so yeah. they're going with their backup now their backup got a little nugget for you their backup apparently six months ago he was a instagram model for underwear <laughs> well, what, what do you think about that being your quarterback I, I love it <laughs> i love it, it He's showing that he's hustling out here. Yeah, got to make that money. And he got how you uh, live. <laughs> he he got an opportunity to play quarterback for a team in Dallas, and yeah. you know I'm happy he got that opportunity. Now he didn't play bad. No, he, it, he put it's up just 200 yards. But. He was replacing uh, Landry Jones, and um, I think he's actually going to be one of the better players in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had a chance to be a pretty decent NFL quarterback, and that kind of just didn't pan out. Yeah, um, you know. Landry, when he's healthy, I think maybe the Renegades could be a much different team. So I don't really know how to rate them at the moment. Yeah, right now, they're rough. And same thing with the Battlehawks. I think their quarterback is, again, phenomenal. I think Matt Jones is pretty good. If they can get a guy who can like catch the ball and like make big plays in the air, I think this could be a pretty darn good team, too. Now, the defenses were good on both sides, but I don't know if it's more of the defenses that were holding. Or, or like, like the rust. And not yeah, the most, but the, the lack off. of gelling that we yeah, saw on from offense. Because it was very clear that it wasn't the talent on offense. It was just something was off. Yeah. It, that needed to be tweaked and could be fixed. So I have trouble kind of seeing where these two teams fall in, in the grand scheme of things. And it's kind of interesting that, like, logistically, this was the closest game but on, it like, feel the map. Right. Oh, yeah. In terms so, of distance. So, like, the fatigue and jet lag and stuff like that was at a minimum for this game, but this was like the most sluggish yeah. of them. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's definitely true. And the distances between most of these teams are very far. Yeah, like you got Seattle coming all the way from uh, to D.C. That's far. And then even Tampa coming, I mean, yeah, Tampa going to New York. That's like one of their closer games, so that's pretty far too. Yeah. And, you know, fatigue is going to be an issue. Uh, yeah. with the league maybe they get an extra day to get in early or something like that yeah all the no. teams are coming in about a day before kickoff so jet lag's still gonna hold up for that so st louis wins 15 and 9 tamu 
he only had seven incompletions. Goes twenty for twenty seven, two hundred and nine yards through the air, uh, seventy seven on the ground. So pretty much almost three hundred yards. That's a day. Yeah, he, and that, that's a day right he, there. I don't know. He just looked really good. He looked. In he control. looked confident. Yeah, he looked really confident. And that's what you need. You need yeah. guys because you know this is second chances for a lot of guys, and it's very easy to come out being nervous when you're given a second chance. Absolutely. And you know the guys who came out confident probably had a good weekend, and you know they did. So yeah. that's good to see. Um, now, now that all the jitters are out, yeah, should be fun to see for week two. What you got on ratings for these two teams? Ratings. You want to go uh, worst to best? Well, for the two teams first, the uh, give me what oh, you, how okay. you feel about the Battle Hawks. Oh, uh, I love the name. Yes. Uh, logos on the helmets are sick. Sick. The logo in general, not sick. Yeah. Um. The uniform scheme, I didn't really like the pants, like with the gray. Yeah. Could have went like a different color. I, those are I right. go. I I give them a three. They're middle of the pack with that. Yeah. The they can get a three. Renegades love the logo. Mm-hmm. Love the colors. Mm-hmm. Now the uniforms are plain, but they're really, really crisp. Mm-hmm. I think I'll give them a give them. F- Do I go four and a half? I'll give them four. We'll we'll go four. I'm gonna go three, strictly off the fact of those helmets for the Battle Hawks, and then yeah, the four for the Renegades yeah. as well. Um, I like the the different colored blues. They look really cool together, yeah. and then like the fans. I think we're really cool too. Their logo like just lends itself to fans yeah. throwing on like cowboy hats. Yeah, like a think, little bandana. Yeah, they I, I they think, got one of my favorite logos in the league. I think that one's really cool. And any, I'm a really big fan of team mascots who are really easy to like incorporate into fandoms. So, I feel it. Yeah, like the Renegades, you can throw on the hat and the bandana. Like the Vikings, you can just throw on a beard and like. The, the, the horns, horns with the helmets, yeah, uh, things like that. I think are really really cool, and they make I can feel that. they make a connection with the fans like that much better because you can actually dress up as your mascot. Yeah, I think that's really cool. But so we got the first week done. Yep, fully and done. We, all eight game or all eight teams have played. It's in the books. It's in the books. The XFL has begun. It was a good it, first it was a pretty weekend. good week. Well, how, how are we feeling about every team? Like. This is not a uniform ranking. No, this is power ranking. We're talking some power rankings. Going to start from the worst. Going with the Vipers. Yeah, that's a surefire. They game. didn't look good, really, in any aspect. No. Besides their front seven. Their DBs were bad, getting burned. They made a lot of mistakes. Coaching was... And, the co- and that's the big deal. The coaching is something that you're not going to be able to get over in this league because... It's not the coaching isn't really a level playing field here. It's just like guys with very different pro, like profiles and histories, mm-hmm. and some are just flat out better. And you got like different systems of coaches trying to be under the wings of like a certain type of coach. Yeah, so that all has to mesh as well. So exactly. that's tough. So we got uh, the Vipers at eight, seven. We're gonna go with the Renegades, and this isn't so much as we think they're the seventh best team. But it's that we don't really know what to think of them. And they didn't have their quarterback. Yeah. They didn't really look great on offense. No, they didn't look crisp at all. They settled for three field goals, and that, yeah. that's their offense. And pretty much not scoring a touchdown opening week, you're going to be on the bottom. Especially in a league that promotes scoring. scoring. Yeah, so you're going to be on the bottom just for that. Yeah. Uh, number six, LA Wildcats. 
this one, they they feel like a team that is going to sit five or six at the actual standings the whole season. Mm-hmm. They they might get a sneaky win over a team that winds up being good here and there, but I don't think they really have any um, firepower to make an actual run. Yeah, the quarterback he needs some confidence. Needs to get his footing. Run game also. They're just a like mid pack team. Yeah, like, nothing too crazy, nothing too special, but they're also not bad. Yeah, like they have. You can see that they got something there. Number five, we got the Battle Hawks. Yes, um, Battle Hawks are the team that I think could jump up the highest on this list. I think the Battle okay. Hawks could easily be the best team in the league. Really? Okay. Um, but. They just need to gel, yeah, and they need to kind of come in time. Figure out how to score and use their talent. Now they probably have right one way. of the best quarterbacks. Wouldn't say the best, but top three, four, yeah. you know, three, four quarterback in the league. Yeah, and so you know if they can figure out how to make that talent they have gel, I think they could easily be one of the better. Yeah, their offense could be dangerous. Teams. Could be really dangerous. Yeah, but we didn't quite see it this week, and we only really have one week to base it off. Yeah. So I'm going to put them at five, which is kind of odd because they won. But I do think there's a, a team that lost that's a little bit better. And that team is the Seattle Dragons. At number four. Yes, number four. Um, th- The score was worse than the game was in this yes. one. Um, They were in it really the whole game. They made a lot of mistakes. You know, they had first half turnovers, and then second half were a lot of penalties. But the talent's there. Yeah. Silver looks like a good quarterback. Running the ball first in a league where D-lines are not going to be super great is, I think, the right way to go about this. And if they won this week, I'd probably have them at one or two. They're at four just because they didn't win, so I'm not going to put a a winless team at one or two. But I, I do think that this team has a lot of potential. And if they can clean up the mistakes, which is a big if, you know, because these again aren't per, like NFL caliber guys. Yeah, but some I think, mistakes I think are it's harder safe to, clean to up. say that majority of the teams will clean it up. You got a hope. decent, decent little bit. You got to hope so. And if they do, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, so, I think they'll be top of the yeah. top of the pack. So Dragons at four, number three, the team that beat them, the DC Defenders, wasn't superly or super impressed by this team. No. They kind of just handled their business. I was impressed by Cardell. Yeah, and I was, again, impressed by those DBs. They mm-hmm. they really did have a good game. I would like to see them play one of the top two teams. Yeah. Kind of get a better feel of who they are, what they're about, play a game on the road, because I think that's going to be a big deal in this yeah. league also, because, again, that jet lag is going to be a factor. And home field advantage looks like it's going to be a factor. At least decent. Because the fans are loud. Yeah. Like, and they're like electric yeah and they get on you i they were booing people they were chanting they were uh, booing the defenders after yeah (laughs) after a a missed kick the best thing about this league in my opinion is the interviews like immediately after a play happens i love it big play happens they get a reporter right to that person who made or made a mistake made the play or made a mistake right there and i like it it's that instant gratification to a situation. We got a nice big f bomb too, <laughs> coming off the field yeah. after uh, unnecessary roughness. Yeah, you, that was pretty funny. You get all the the raw emotion, which <laughs> and is, it's cool. So next up at number two, got the New York Guardians. Now, 
I think the Guardians could be number one, but the only reason I had them at number two is because it was just a lackluster game from their opponent. From the team they played. I also think this is the team that could be the highest rated here that could go down the most. I don't know how much I trust Mac McGloin. Yeah. Um, and without a run game and a quarterback that can 100% get it done, I don't know how far they could be led. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how they fare against any other team with a competent coach. Yeah. And I think we'll get a better picture of them. But, I mean, they're number two right now because they look pretty good. They look really good. The, def- the defense was stout. Uh, they did some passing game was good. Some nice little things. Run game wasn't too much there, but they really didn't try to go to it too much. Yeah, because they really didn't need to. Now, another team at number one, the Houston Roughnecks, they didn't have a run game either, but their pass game that just gives them the number one spot. Yeah, uh, it was like they couldn't. It just couldn't be stopped, and they didn't need to run the ball at all. It, they did it just for the fact that they needed to show that they were going to run it so they couldn't just play, you know, every DB back. And even if they did, I don't know if it would have mattered. No. Um, yeah. Roughnecks are definitely the best team from the first week. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how far and ahead of they are as the best team. I don't think too far. I don't think too far at all. But I do think that scoring for them and scoring early, scoring a lot, it's going to be a big deal for them in the long haul. Um, you know, if they play a tough team next week, I, I haven't seen the schedule for next week yet. Yeah, we got to check that out. But I think they are in good shape to keep keep it rolling. I definitely do. Yeah, but they got to they've got to figure out the wrong game because if you're just relying on the pass game, people are going to start shutting it down. Got to respect the run. They got to work on it. 100%. But uh, what was your uh, favorite thing? For the weekend, whether it be rules, uniforms, just something within the game. I, it was definitely the interviews. I love that. Yeah, I really like that. That was a big part, too. I did like the kickoffs. We didn't get to see the double forward pass. We'll see it eventually. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised because week one, they don't really want to show it yet. Because mm-hmm. it's a tough thing to really draw up. Because you need a lot of things working for that to really succeed. You need some team synergy, and there's none right now. Yeah. So... That wasn't the only thing we had this weekend. Nope. It was fun. But... A lot of extreme sports. Yeah, a lot of extremes. So, UFC 247. Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center. We had a pretty good main card. It's pretty good. We're going to start it out with Derek Lewis against Lee Latifi. Now, we talked last UFC... uh, but uh, 246, the Holly Holmes fight. This fight was pretty much the same thing. I, which, thankfully, this wasn't the, the main fight. Yeah, it was the start of the main event. Derek Lewis pulled something out of his back pocket that he never really did. A flying knee kick. He was busting them out like crazy, left and right. Whether it be that or the head kick. That was pretty much all you really got from Derek Lewis. <laughs> and then Latifi knew that was going to be an issue. Kept him up against the cage. He uh, played for the uh, Swedish national team for uh, wrestling. He really good at Greco. And he was trying to utilize that against a monster in Derek Lewis. Trying to bring him to the ground. That fight went the distance. Because, like we said, that was just rinse-repeat for the whole time. 
flying knee, head kick, up against the cage, bring it down, ref separating it. Ends up being a unanimous decision. Derek Lewis wins. Nothing really uh, too crazy with that fight, heavyweights. Next fight. This one was pretty dominated by uh, the winner. It's uh, Dan Ige against Mizrad Bektik. Now, Ige pretty much dominated. Bektik tried to stay with him the whole fight. Second round was going for takedowns. Trying to close the distance a little bit because it looked like he really didn't want to smoke with the hands. But third round, he came out banging. And Ige kept the pressure on him. Towards the end, they were trying to, like, sprawl for position and try to get maybe a submission at the last second. Ends up going split decision. Ige wins. Nothing too crazy with that fight. Now, this one. You you can handle this one, because <laughs> this fight was just one, two, three. Yeah, um, Tafa comes in. He uh, he goes all gas, no breaks. Just goes just goes right at Adams, and it just doesn't last very long. Rocked him. And yeah, that, that Ad- was it. Adams kind of just um, <laughs> he came in, took his money, and uh, <laughs> took a two minute warning and <laughs> went back to bed. And yeah, TKO two minutes in for a minute fifty nine. Rocked him, man. Rocked him. This is what I like to see. This is what I'm here for. To watch that. Yeah. I'm not here for this. Yeah. Yeah. Split decisions. Whenever you go to the judges, it's rough. And we're we're going to get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little controversy in this mm-hmm. card. But now, this one, she's beginning to be one of my favorite female fighters. Valentina Shevenko against Caitlin Chukagian. Uh Bear with me. (laughs) Some of the UFC names are wild. But Valentina, she got some of the quickest hands, feet, just her fast twitch muscles are just ridiculous. They twitching are. She might be better, I don't know about power-wise, but hands-wise, better than Cyborg and Nunez. She she's something though. That's a that's an aggressive claim. Bro. Nunez is nasty. She's nasty, but the way Valentina is, bro, her hands are wild. When If she gets you within striking range, if you try to touch her, she'll combo it right there. And you'll get like four hits, and you won't even know it. You're done. <laughs> You're done. Now, this is for the flyweight championship. Caitlyn was... She was staying competitive. She, she was trying to fight, but the thing was, you couldn't get close to Valentina. At all. Because like I said, you get within striking range. You try to do a combo. And she's countering it. Like that. So they get to round three. Now, Caitlin went for like a kick. But Valentina catches it. So then, Caitlin just jumps into her chest. Like Yogi Berra and Don Larson in the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> so Valentina takes her to the ground. Puts her in like a crucifix hold. And just starts banging with her elbows and boom 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 and it was done called the fight right there tko minute three seconds into the third round and that was it right there valentina keeps the belt 
And that leads us to the main event. John Bones Jones is is back for some more. Against the undefeated Dominic Reyes. And so we kind of went into this fight just thinking, uh, John Jones just wants a free win. Yeah. He's going against, like, he's undefeated, but this guy's not particularly. Not proven. Not proven. Not really bad. He's not proven. He's not really great at anything in particular. We just didn't expect too much. And boy, were we wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. I think a lot of people were wrong, too. Yeah. Reyes kind of dominated the the entire first half of this fight. Uh, the first two rounds, he just kind of smoked him. He knocked John Jones down. And he just, he just looked in control. He really did. Had John Jones running around, too. Yeah. Did I've never seen John Jones, like, running. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And he was, like, multiple times in those first two rounds. Yeah, man. I've never seen that. So, John Jones was on his heels, and he was running. Mm-hmm. And then John Jones kind of turned it on a little bit. Yeah, third round, he... He woke up. Dominic was getting a little tired third round. John turned it up. Uh, that round could have went either way. Like, it wasn't really dominated too much by either of them. Now, I think you could still give it a Dominic, because... There was a couple times John was trying to get out of there because yeah. he was getting overwhelmed. Fourth round went to John Jones for sure. Yeah. He kind of dominated the fourth. Now he switched his game up. He was started going to the clinch more. Yeah. Because he did not want smoke with the hands. No. At all. At all. <laughs> at all. So, and then we go into the fifth. And this, it kind of felt like Dominic was winning. Mm-hmm. Not by much, but it, it felt like he was winning. And then I we watching this round... I thought Dominic Reyes won this round, too. I really did. Yeah. It's um, not how they scored it. No, not at all. And apparently, unanimous decision, John Jones won this fight. And I remember we were watching this, and I was thinking, wow, John Jones really just lost that fight, like, before they, we were told. And they're showing us the highlights of the, of the rounds. And just all John and Jones. And after the... The second round, they didn't show us one Dominic Reyes highlight. Yeah. And I remember watching the fight and seeing yeah. Dominic Reyes highlights, but they didn't show up. And once I saw that, I just told Brooklyn, I'm like, John Jones really is about to win this. And we're, we're talking during the late rounds, and we're like, this could probably be like 4-1, 3-2 for the fight. I thought it was 3-2 at like the worst case scenario for Reyes. But we all But had I was Reyes. thinking it was 4-1. Yeah, we all had Reyes. Because, I mean, he just looked like he was dominating. But I did say it depends how they score the grappling. Because that's what it would come down to. And, well, it, I, I it, it looks like that's what it came down to. Yeah, so unanimous win. Just, and I love John Jones. He's one of my favorite fighters. But I was the first one to say, He did not win wow. this fight. Like, I mean, he did. So he did. Out. Shout out. But, yeah, not a not a good... This This felt like a very boxing... I, that was, like, my first reaction. I was like, wow, like, I this is boxing. I don't think it was rigged or anything. Because, like, the last three rounds could have gone either way. Like, it wasn't really dominated by either side. Dominic had the first two. No question about that. Depends how you put the third one. And then John probably... You could probably give it to him in the fourth and fifth just because of the clinching and... All that he wasn't really giving Dominic any time to do anything to gain points, but it really comes down to that third round. And I, yeah, and <laughs> the, the way I kind of 
the reason I felt like it, it felt like boxing is just like you don't really know what you're get like what's getting judged here like the eye test you yeah. know us watching the fight you can kind of clearly see a winner usually uh, it's not always the case but it felt like you saw one here where you just like you know you, you thought a guy won the fight because he got more hits better hits mm-hmm. uh, and that's just not always the case I guess the guys that are more versed in the sport I guess are out there judging it so I don't know uh, it, it to me it wasn't a good look it's not something that I'd want to watch, see the result, and then be like, man, I can't wait for the next UFC event. Now, one thing I wish UFC would do, instead of keeping it a mystery for the whole fight about judges' scorecards, put it up on scoreboard. Every round, put it up on scoreboard. Everybody in the arena knows. You go into late rounds, okay, you're losing. Cool. I need to do this, that, and third to start winning. Yeah, and it's not like they don't do that in other sports. Exactly. Like, you know like, why going you, into the fourth yeah. quarter, you're down 10 points. Why are you keeping the score of a fight hidden? Yeah. Like, you don't got to put which ref is saying, oh, this and that. Because, whatever, you don't want the ref put out like that. Just put it, ref one, ref two, ref three. You got it up on the scoreboard. This guy got this many points that round, blah, blah, blah. Keep it for every round. That way it's fair. You see what's going on. It gives the fighters more of an understanding instead of both of them raising their hands at the end of the fight like, oh, I won. No. Like, I get you want the dramatic effect, but it helps not only the fans, but the fighters and just casual people. And, like, people that just want to know what's really happening in the eyes of trained eyes of UFC officials. Yeah, I think the best way to go about sports is to assume everybody knows nothing yeah because most people do know nothing and the Mm -hmm. ones that are watching that do know stuff aren't going to be upset that you're over explaining and i don't think putting the score of the rounds is over at all no i don't think so either so it'll be something nice to be implemented i doubt they'll do it but it'll be nice for a little bit of transparency in in the um just how things are done I, I would definitely be and like even explaining that. like how scoring works a little more, because yeah. unless like you're really deeply integrated with the sport. Now I like UFC. Do I know like how much a takedown or like a landed power strike is? No, I don't know how much points are, but I'm a fan. I'm I'm a casually deeply integrated UFC fan, <laughs> in, in whatever sense of <laughs> that it may be. But I don't know, like, scoring for those. So, But you get, like, casual fans that know absolutely nothing, but they're just watching it because they're at a party and somebody bought the fight. Okay, well, what's going on? I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it would be nice for that. Um, damn. And that was a hev- uh, light heavyweight tight for the belt. John Jones keeps it. And... It is what it is. Uh, yeah. He shouldn't have kept it, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So. And here we are at the end of another episode of The Spectators. Yes, sir. You know what we do at the end of episodes? What we do? Smart or stupid? Smart or stupid? Okay. What you got for me, bro? Smart or stupid? Do you like the XFL kickoffs? Um. Yeah, I think it's smart. Uh, players are going to be safe. There's a chance for excitement still. It's, mm-hmm. it's not completely gone. And I, I do think the biggest issue here is the player safety. Like, you, we're, we're not removing the kickoff, so it's still an important element of the game, mm-hmm. but it's just done in a safer, 
more contained, less, you know, train going down a, uh, a hill mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yeah, I think it's smart. I, I really do like it. So Brooklyn, smart or stupid? We're going to change gears a little bit here. Okay. It's been a very uh, different sports episode for us. We're going to go back to a little bit of baseball, which baseball. we didn't talk too much about. And baseball's coming up, too, so get ready for that, ladies and gentlemen. Smart or stupid? Okay. Trading Mookie bets. Trading Mookie bets. Official today, by the way. Or yes. Official on Sunday. After a debacle yeah. with the low elbow problem from one of the prospects. Oh, man. I'm got to go stupid. How do you trade your franchise uh, player for nothing? For really nothing. Like, you get rid of David Price, too, because of the contract. Sure. But you... Get rid of the face of your franchise. Now, given he probably wasn't com- going to come back, but that also takes into account of, account of how you treat him, mm-hmm. which the Red Sox organization did not do good. And their fan base really didn't do a good job either. Like, Mookie's there, won the MVP, helped them win a World Series, maybe with a little bang into it, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> but, um... I, I think it's stupid. I, it, I don't it, see the reason It for feels it. like Mookie Betts did a lot for a city that never cared for him. Nope, not at all. And I think Mookie Betts was always more loved to the to a traditional baseball fan than he was by his own team's fans. Because I love Mookie Betts, and I can't stand the Red Sox. I love that Mookie's off the Red Sox. Yeah. Because I, really, I can actually like him. I really like Mookie Betts. I think yeah. he's a phenomenal player. He's one of the best players of all time when it comes to war. We're going war stats, huh? Yeah, war is a great stat. Okay. Um, he's one of the best players of all time for war. So if you want to check out where he is on that you ranking. You want to run about it, people, what war is? Uh, war is wins above replacement. Yes. So just essentially, if they took you off the team, replaced you with any old Joe Schmo, how many wins that team would gain or lose? Yep. If your war is negative, the team gains wins. Positive, team loses wins. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You account for this many wins. Yeah. Um, he's pretty up there, like yeah. high up there. So it's got to be stupid, right? Yeah, it's it just has to. And. If you get a good return, okay, sure. You got nothing. Nothing. You got nothing. You did it just to say you did it. Yeah, so we're only going to do one each. It's been a long episode. So that's it for us at The Spectators. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at underscore The Spectators. Don't forget, we announced it last week. We're now streaming on Spotify as well as Apple Music. Apple Music and Apple Podcasts. Get it confused every week, but... You know the deal. And SoundCloud. Rate, review, subscribe, comment, share it. Do it all. Gonna come back with the heat for you every week, every Monday. Absolutely. So stay tuned and see you next episode. Later, everybody.